You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn presents. Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome on in. What a great day today is as we get ready to go out to Hollywood out in L.A. We're going to bring our guest in here in just a moment. But today's date, everyone, is March 8th. And this happens to be International Women's Day. What is International Women's Day? International Women's Day is a global holiday celebrated annually on March 8th. That means it's celebrated worldwide. It's a global holiday. It commemorates the cultural, political, and socioeconomic achievements of women. It is also a focal point in the women's rights movement, and it brings attention to issues such as gender equality, reproductive rights, and violence against women. And what a better way, since this is March 8th, our year today is 2021. That's why it's International Women's Day. Every March 8th, let's bring in a beautiful woman, if you don't mind my saying that. It's the casting director all the way from L.A. She also has her own podcast, which is entitled Strictly Stalking, because she's a lover of that true crime genre. And we're going to talk about her podcast. We're going to talk about her life in show business. Her name is Jamie Beebe. And come on in here, Jamie. Say hello. Happy International Women's Day. Hi, and thank you. It is International Women's Day. Proud to be a woman today. Boy, it sure is. It's a great holiday. And I guess people out there are going to say, boy, that was nice of them to work all these these months in advance to bring Jamie on uh, on, on this wonderful <laughs> holiday. Now you can tell them the truth. <laughs> the truth is we it's didn't know great. anything about it, did we, until I just found out about it this morning. I've definitely known about it. It does come by every year, but but yeah, today's the day. Oh, you've celebrated this holiday before. Well, of course. Doesn't everybody? I would like to say yes to that, but I guess I'll plead the fifth on that. But <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jamie. First of all, thank you for appearing. And a lot of people here in the Midwest aren't really familiar with exactly what the casting director in a production does. Before we get into that, you're an Iowa girl, aren't you? Weren't you raised in Iowa? Yes. Yep. Iowa and Wisconsin. My parents live in Wisconsin now. So, yep, I'm a Midwest girl. You're a Midwest girl and you're talking to a Midwest guy. And then one day, when was it that you decided to pack your bags and head to where the action is out there in Hollywood? Oh. Oh, gosh. I decided that when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, that was um, <laughs> before you even became 18 or an, an adult? Well, you know, I always wanted to leave home and, you know, go somewhere fantastic and warm and sunny. So, yeah, you know, right after I graduated from high school, I left. I traveled around a bunch and finally made my way out to Hollywood. That is excellent. And I'm assuming you love every moment of it or does it get trying in the big city like that every now and then? No, you know, I've had a great time since I've been out here and, you know, I've been here like 18 years now, I think. So uh, it's working for me. <laughs> Boy, that's the truth. Now, before we get into what a casting director is and what they do, you do not just go into a studio as a young gal just arriving in California and say, hello, I'm Jamie. I'd like to be the casting director. And they say, sure, come on in. We'll, we'll put you in right away. You had to work your way up to that position. I'm almost sure of that. Is that true? It's true. It, it's not, um, it's not easy to, to get a job in production, um, in any part of production really. And I didn't have any experience when I decided that's what I wanted to do. So it did take me quite a while to get to where I'm at. Yes. And you started just as production help behind the scenes. I heard that you were like a line producer or something like that. 
Yeah, you know, I started out, I had a friend who wanted to start a production company and be the director in that production company. So he told me I could run the production company, which is great, except I'd never really even been on a set. So I started learning everything I could about production and how it works. And, you know, what I've always kind of learned along the way is if you hire great people to work with you and you learn from them, then that's the best way to do it if you don't know what you're doing. So that's what I did. I hired a great team. You know, I learned all the different aspects of production through that job. And I learned that casting was my favorite part. So when I left there, I was like, cool, I'll just be a casting director. But it was a lot harder than that. Of course, you can't just walk in and ask to be a casting director. I had a little bit of experience, but not, you know, not really enough to to jump in. So I started out in unscripted, you know, reality shows and stuff. They're a little bit easier to get your foot into. And while I was doing that, I knew that I wanted to work in film and TV rather than just reality shows. So I started going to the um, film schools and stuff around town and asking the students if they needed a casting director. And some of them hired me. And then, you know, working with the students, I learned a lot more. And when they started graduating, they kept hiring me. So I kind of grew along with them. That is amazing. Now, I went to college and I have two degrees. I spent five years there instead of the usual four because of that fact. And I've never once, even though my major was radio and TV film, which they now call mass communications, I've never once had the need to hire a casting director. How did the students need you? For what projects? Were were these plays? Were these shows or, or what? No, you know, a lot of the students, you know, for their thesis or, you know, just for whatever they're filming in school, you know, they, they need to film and they need actors for their films and or their projects or short films. So, yeah, they, they needed a casting director. So they, they did hire me. Your name got out there and they said, well, Jamie's the casting director. Let's bring her in. And they actually paid you money to help them with their college projects when they had to create a production on the media. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of their projects, they did have to hire a certain amount of people and pay them for their thesis or projects or whatever. So yeah, I was very low pay, but but I did actually get paid. And that's kind of how it started out. And I learned along with them. I feel like I did a great job. They thought I did a great job. So they continued to hire me after they graduated and worked on bigger and bigger projects. And I will say that you're no uh, a stranger to college yourself. You have a master's degree. Is that correct? I do. Yes. I have a bachelor's degree in photography and a master's degree in music management. That is amazing. You actually went to one of the better media schools for radio and television, which is right here in the state where I'm sitting right now, you went to a city called Athens, Ohio, and studied at Ohio University. I did. I loved it there. Athens is such a great little town and awesome school. Totally loved it. Yes. Now, that's not to be confused with a college that we have in our state capital here, which is called Ohio State. That's a completely different school. You went to Ohio University in Athens, Ohio, and that has always had a reputation up there of not only being fully accredited and a good school, but for radio, TV, and media, it was one of the best in the country. It's also quite the party school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, we had a guest on here that now he plays with Joe Walsh, who is in the Eagles, and he went to Kent State, and that's where they both met when they were at Kent State University, which was the scene of the tragedy years ago that Neil Young sang about in the song Ohio. They say Kent State was a good partying school, too. I heard that as well. I think Ohio just has partying on lockdown. (laughs) Hey, isn't that the truth? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to tell you about the casting director. And for the Midwesterners who are not show business people, be they young, be they middle-aged, be they old, Jamie, they have never met anyone like you. They don't know what the casting director is responsible for. And why don't you explain that to them? Sure. You know, it's funny. When I was younger, I had no idea what a casting director did either. (laughs) Right. That's normal. (laughs) Right. So basically, anybody that you see um, on TV and film, theater, anything like that, you need somebody to find that person and stick them in there. So that's kind of my job. You know, I I audition people. I, you know, look for the right person for the role and and stick them right in. Now, that's not only 
their voice and their experience on a microphone, so to speak. But that could also, in video or film, you're looking for the correct look, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, looks can can change too. I mean, it's not like, you know, if I need a, a blonde for something, I can find a brunette and change her hair color. It's really, it's way more about, um, you know, their actual acting abilities. Because I can kind of, I can work with looks quite a bit. You know, I can have somebody shave their face or grow their hair or wear a wig or, you know, so, but yeah, it looks do have something to do with it, but more so the acting ability than anything else. That's right. Do you find that there are certain roles that it's very difficult to find that type of individual or since you're out there in the melting pot of show business where the action is in LA, you can always come up with somebody to fill the role. I mean, I've always been able to come up with somebody so far, <laughs> you know, in a lot of films, we, you know, we can always fly somebody in from somewhere else, from New York, from London, from wherever. So, you know, finding people now is, is more worldwide than it ever has been especially with self-tapes and, you know, just technology in general. Now, how about in the field of what they call new media? It's not radio. It's not TV. It's not film. It's all this computer-related activity, which was not in existence years ago. Are you casting for internet work, for example, due to lack of a better term? Yeah, well, I mean, new media is, is kind of categorized as anything you know, it can be anything that's streaming, really. So yeah, I've, I've done tons of new media projects, but you know, that's opened up quite a bit more than it ever has been. So there's a lot more new media projects out there now than there ever has been. And now is it common for you to cast for that? Or is that uncommon? No, it's very common. I mean, anything streaming. So yeah, I mean, anything that you see online or, or, you know, really anywhere these days. Are they corporate accounts for companies or for private individuals or churches or who does the new media productions primarily, most of them? I mean, it could be anything from scripted show on YouTube to, you know, something corporate or, you know, an infomercial type thing, really anything. Now, YouTube, really big umbrella. they have studios of their own out there in California. They're very beautiful, the YouTube studios. Are you familiar with the YouTube studios? Have you seen them? And what is your opinion yeah. on that? I have been there up north. And I, I mean, they're gorgeous. I, I think YouTube is a great company. And I'd love to work with YouTube for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, we are with Jamie Beebe, the casting director on International Women's Day. And Jamie, you must be the networker. You network and you started small in production. Now you're the casting director and you got experience in knowing that you wanted to be the casting director just by being part of of the production. Now, what was the first Hollywood or California LA production that you worked on when you packed up your bags and moved there years ago? Oh gosh, that was so long ago. There've been a million of them. One that comes to mind, I did work on a commercial for child help so many years ago and it had um, Betty White, the band Buck Cherry and Shaquille O'Neal in it. So that was pretty interesting to have that group of people together under one roof. That is absolutely incredible. Do you know how old Betty White is today? I, I she's can tell in her you. 90s. She's 99. Oh, wow. 99. So strong. Boy, isn't that the truth? You talk about being blessed. 99 years. The former golden girl, Betty White. And you worked with her on a uh, on a commercial, right? I did. She's absolutely fantastic. Such a professional, sweet, awesome lady. Is she like the type of lady, what you see is what you get? Or is she completely different in person than she personifies? No, I think she, she definitely is who she is. She's, uh, she's straightforward. She's kind and considerate and really, really just nice. Nice, nice person. I am a wonderful actress. Her her late husband used to be a game show host. I don't know if you remember. You may remember Alan Ludden was his name. Oh, yeah. He hosted a, a game show called Password. Mm-hmm. And Pass, I used to watch Password growing up. <laughs> that was a fun, fun game to, to see. And that was her husband, Alan Ludden. 
And then you mentioned uh, Shaq O'Neal, Shaquille. Now, Mm -hmm. was he easy to work with for you or did he present any issues that you found uncomfortable or was he just a nice guy all the way around? Oh, he's so nice. He's a giant. His feet are are so big. I remember um, his shoes were sitting out uh, near the dressing room and they were the biggest shoes I've ever seen in my life. But he was really easy to work with. He was happy to be there and, and happy to help out. So it, it was a lot of fun with him. He was on the show MTV's Cribs. And boy, if you saw this pad where he lives. <laughs> oh, my. The gymnasium with the, the full-fledged basketball court. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. That was quite the place, as you can only imagine. Oh, I, I can imagine. He's a cool dude. All right. Then you mentioned one of my favorite, one of the later years rock bands that still do it the old way, but they do it with their own flair. They're extremely popular out there. Their lead singer is named Josh Todd, and they're called Buck Cherry, and you worked mm-hmm. with them. I- I'm assuming I'm going to take a wild guess. You worked with them on a music video. Well, they were in the Child Help commercial with Shaq and Betty White, and then from there we did work with them on a couple of their music videos. And what was your role? Did you cast them, or were you an actress, or what? I was casting, and it was also with um, the other production company, so I was um, kind of managing the whole production as well. I had a lot of hats in that one. But they're a solid group of guys, really nice, so great to work with. And obviously, you know, they're all really great looking and fun and all those tattoos what more can you ask for yeah (laughs) everything you want in a man right there in one package yeah Mm -hmm. all of them they were really great i'll tell you what he also josh todd their lead singer has his own group i don't know if you're aware of it but it's called josh todd and the conflict so if buck cherry is not out on the road traveling he's got another alternative to make more money with a with a completely different band Uh, and you know what that's being a smart businessman as far as i'm concerned (laughs) sure is it sure is absolutely now did you meet josh todd I did. I I had the opportunity to meet everyone in the band, and they were all just the nicest uh, gentlemen you can imagine. They are exceptionally good live, and he was cut out for that business, I think. You got to admit, it's like he was meant to be a rock and roller. Would you agree with that? Totally, 100%. And, and, you know, they're also talented as well. So they, they definitely found their calling. Oh, absolutely. He was live, not recorded, but live on the Jimmy Kimmel show where they had that stage outdoors and Jimmy would announce it indoors and then they'd cut to the outdoor stage and they would play all night long, I think was one of the songs that they played. They were Johnny on the spot with it. Boy, that was a tight band. I mean that sincerely. Buck Cherry, boy, they are good. They are real good. They really are. There was a movie out. It was called Come Together. And Mm -hmm. somebody told me that you were actually an actress in that. You didn't cast it. You were the actress. Am I wrong or did I get bad information? Well, kind of. I was more like an extra. (laughs) Oh, you were an extra. I had no lines and I was more like an extra. And uh, there was, I think, one of the only times I, I pursued that. So... Uh, it was fun, and it was a cute little film, but but no lines or anything like that. I was somewhere in the background, so so yeah, that's not a big role for me at all. Oh, okay, very good. Now, did you cast the movie or no? You just appeared. Nope. Yeah, I was just uh, I was in it uh, for a friend, kind of like I said in the background, but uh, it was fun. It was it was interesting to be on set in a different capacity and kind of see how that worked. Absolutely. Now, you did do a television series. I think it was a series. And if I'm not up there on it, I don't watch a whole lot of TV like I did when I was in it. But years ago, I was up on the the current shows and this and that. Right now, I'm really not since I'm retired. But Paradise City was a 2021 production 
at which you cast. Now, was that mm-hmm. television or was that big screen film or what was that? Yeah, it's television. It's actually premiering on Amazon Prime March 25th. Really excited for the world to see this one. It's one of my prouder projects that I've gotten the opportunity to, I've had the opportunity to work on. And yeah, I mean, it, it's coming out here in a couple of weeks and I think it's going to be a smash hit. And that basically is a tale of a rock and roller. I don't know what city he was out of. Uh, maybe Maybe he was out out of L.A. where you are, but it's about his life and what he experienced, uh, the good, the bad and so forth of being a rock and roller. Am, Am I kind of on the right track? Yep, pretty much. It's got everything you could want in it. It's such a. A really awesome series and the director, the producers, you know, everyone was really, really great to work with. And I couldn't have asked for anything better on that one. Now, did they have a band or two or three that played in that? Or did you just have actors holding the instruments while studio musicians were dubbed in? No, um, the, the musicians are real musicians. The creator, Ash Evelson, he owns Sumerian Records. So he's got access to lots and lots of great musicians. So we just plugged them right in. It was, you know, all his, his um, dream and his vision. And that was probably one of the easiest things I've been able to cast because everyone wanted to work with him. And he already had kind of everything picked out and ready to go when I came on board. So I was just kind of along for the ride. So you didn't cast any bands, obviously. They were already uh, working at the time. What did you cast? The the ancillary uh, characters, the other characters well, other than the yeah, band? I mean, I, yeah, I, I cast lots of the, a lot of the characters. You know, a lot of what we did was some brainstorming and, you know, he had ideas in mind of who he wanted to play for each role. So I would reach out and, you know, reach out to the agents and managers and get them on board. Very well. When's that coming out again, dear? It's March 25th on Amazon Prime. Yeah, March 25th, Amazon Prime. Ladies and gentlemen, the show will be called Paradise City. Now, is that a one-off production, Jamie, or is that going to be continuing project film to film to film, or is it one-off only? No, you know, I I think that we're definitely looking at a season two and hopefully three and four and five and just keep on going with it. I I think that the audience is definitely going to want more on this one. Boy, that's wonderful. So you're real pleased with it. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Now, as the casting director, do they sneak you a little file or or a, a yeah, a file for your computer and you can watch the film in advance or when it comes out to the public, the completed project, is that the first time you're going to see it? Um, you know, it, it depends. Um, usually there's a premiere that we all kind of, you know, everyone in the film attends this year, not so much because of COVID, but usually I've seen at least bits and pieces before uh, the final version comes out. Absolutely. Now, how has this COVID business affected your ability to cast? Has it cut down production or are you doing production just like you always have, but everybody's wearing a mask and everybody's social distancing there? Or is it a mess and people pretend that it doesn't (laughs) even exist? No, it's definitely not pretending it doesn't exist. You know, at first with COVID, production was shut down for quite a while. We're all back up and running now, but There's a lot of precautions. We have COVID safety officers on set, just being really, really, really careful. Masks, social distancing, getting tested on a consistent basis. And we don't want any shutdowns. So everyone's got to be on their best behavior and be as careful as possible. We don't want anyone getting sick. Here in Ohio, we have the Board of Health actually making appearances at various locations just to check up, you know. Yeah. Are they doing any of that in California? Oh, for sure. And, and you know, they have a COVID safety officer on every set. So that's somebody that comes in and makes sure that all the protocols are in place and everyone's going by the rules and, and no one's getting sick or doing anything wrong. So, yeah, we're, we should be all set, hopefully, from here on out. What is your personal feeling about taking safety precautions, for example, wearing a mask? Are you for it or are you one of the individuals that thinks it's a government conspiracy? No, no, I'm I'm for it. I don't want to get sick and I don't want to get anyone else sick. So, you know, and I kind of like wearing a mask out in public, to be honest. <laughs> you know what they even said for the children out there? They said, rather than worry about it, why not get the kids a mask of their favorite 
movie character, their favorite TV character. If they play soccer, get them one on their favorite sport. Work the children into it to where it no longer is a chore. It's just something that they learn to do and you explain to them why they're doing it and it becomes fun. Yeah, I mean, I don't see, you know, obviously I I wouldn't want, like I said, I don't want to get sick and I definitely don't want to get anyone else sick. You know, and hopefully if everybody goes by the rules that the CDC sets forth, then we can come out of it a stronger and better place than before. Absolutely. And like I've said before on the air, if the end result of all this is that you go to a buffet to eat your dinner and that buffet has help that is employed there wearing clear gloves and handing you your plate as they put the food on it behind plexiglass. I'm all for that. That's much better than the way the buffets used to be where every Tom, Dick, Harry, every child that was unattended and everybody could get to it. I prefer the the current way with the restrictions. I just think it's healthier and it makes better sense. I agree. I don't have a a problem with being more careful at all. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Jamie Beebe, the casting director. She also has a podcast of her very own, and it's along the lines of the true crime genre. I'll never forget when we decided less than a year ago to get my podcast going. We checked, and the largest viewing audience of all of the podcast in production. If it wasn't the largest, it was right up there in the top. And that's real crime. So people love it. It's not really my forte, but if people dig it, I'm all for it. I just didn't want to get into the podcast business on a depressing note. You know, (laughs) it's uh, when you're my age, you want to do something because you thoroughly enjoy it because it's upbeat. It's happy. It makes people say, wow, I I forgot about the bad when I listened to his show. I wasn't reminded about it. And that's what I like. I like the up-tempo, happy podcast of which... Right now, you're proving that you obviously like it, too, because you're very upbeat. You seem like a very happy individual. (laughs) Yes, I'm definitely a happy person. Um, I think that a lot of the true crime podcasts, they they can be kind of downers as you talk about true crime. But, you know, for, for us, for my podcast, it's more about spreading awareness about something that's just not talked about enough. It's so that, you know, we can get people help when they need it. Um, We have a lot of people that reach out that hear the they hear our episodes and they're like, oh, this is what I'm going through. And I've been trying to get help and no one will help me. So it's a lot more about that than uh, than just about like a salacious story. I have a direct quote from you. You once said, quote, every day is happy. Is that you? <laughs> yeah, of course. Every day. And you know, if you can't wake up and, and just smile about something, then then it's a problem and you've got to change things around. Now, this true crime genre and all these podcasts you're doing about stalking individuals and the stories that are associated with that, that doesn't bring you down? No, not at all. It's actually really rewarding because, like I said, we're helping so many people. You know, before I started doing the podcast, I really didn't know anything about stalking. I didn't realize what kind of a problem it was. I didn't know that the laws weren't up to par. I didn't know that people were out there trying to get help and not being able to. So by doing the podcast, you know, we're bringing the needed awareness to the public to, and also to people who, who really wouldn't have another outlet. I mean, I wouldn't know what to do if I was being stalked, but you know, now through the podcast and through my research, of course I know, but you know, a lot of people don't know, like if you're being stalked by your neighbor, you should actually go, you can go to like a a domestic violence center and get help for that because domestic violence centers are usually the umbrella that stalking is within. So you know, I would never know if my neighbor's stalking me, I would go there. You know, it's hard. Do you call 911 because someone called you and hung up on you 300 times in a row? Probably not, but you do need to go somewhere for help. So it's, it's, it's hard. What is the number one reason an individual is being stalked? I'm going to take a wild guess and say it's either husband, wife, domestic, or boyfriend, girlfriend, domestic. Uh, That's a guess. Uh, Am I anywhere near the truth or what are the predominance uh, of stalking? 
A lot of stalking is like intimate partner stalking. So it's somebody that you've had some type of relationship with, for sure. That's that is the majority. You know, a lot of people, when they think of stalking, they think of like somebody off in the corner in a you know with a hood over over their eyes, you know, like from watching from a distance. But stranger stalking, um, you know, stalking by a stranger isn't as common by far. So it's, it is usually intimate partners. Right. So if it's a neighbor that you don't even know their name, that would be in the minority of what you talk about on your podcast. Well, we've actually had quite a few neighbor stalkers because, you know, most of the time you do know your neighbor and then there would be some type of altercation or, you know, something, some reason where, you know, one neighbor starts stalking another. I mean, obviously it's, it's on the stalker's part. It's not because of an altercation. It's because they, they have some type of, you know, mental issue or problem or obsessive disorder. But yeah, I mean, that, that happens a lot. You're in close proximity. It's easy. You've never in your life met a stalker that has stalked you personally. No, I have not had a stalker, thankfully. Well, as good looking as you are, <laughs> do not tell me you've not walked down the streets of uh, Sunset Boulevard or Hollywood and men haven't haven't whistled or stopped you or talked to you or attempted to get a date <laughs> or any such thing. Uh, how many millions of times has that happened? <laughs> it does happen. That does happen once in a while, but those people are definitely not stalkers. You know, one time, a one time thing on the street is not stalking, luckily. Uh, but yeah, that does happen. Now, when you're when you're out there, do you go down Sunset Boulevard on the strip at all? You know, sometimes I used to a little more before COVID, uh, you know, things, a lot of things shut down and luckily opening back up again. Um, we've got outdoor dining available now. So, yeah, Sunset Boulevard is a place to go sometimes. Do you run into any celebrities there at all? Yeah, yeah, sure. Sometimes depends on the night and where you're at. But you know, when you're eating dinner and and at a restaurant, sometimes you can look over and and see a recognizable face. Absolutely. Well, that sounds uh, like you have no regrets. And I heard that you actually placed a band that played in where I'm where I'm at right now in Greater Cincinnati. They came in and actually were promoted by a different promoter, but they were in the same theater where I worked, and they were called No Effects, N-O-F-X, and you actually cast a member of that band in a production, I was told. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, one of the members it was Aaron, Aaron Abeta. Um, he... I forget what his his no effects band name is. Right. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not really a big fan of theirs, but when I attended that show, I got in because I I was working that evening, but boy, they sold the place out like nobody's business. I had never seen the theater that full of recent times than when NOFX no effects played there they did have yeah. quite the following in the midwest i'll say that yeah they're a fun group of guys you know um they invited me to see a couple of their shows and they're so talented super talented and aaron what the, oh he goes by el jefe in the band so he decided to start acting so i gave him a shot and he's really great at it and you have no knowledge as to whether the band is out on the road or are they broken up or you don't, um, I, you don't I, have any a, a clue. I don't think they're broken up. Um, I think they actually just released some more music, but I'm not entirely sure. All righty. Very good. Well, Jamie Beebe is our guest, ladies and gentlemen. She is the proprietor, if you will. And I think you have a partner on the podcast. It's called Strictly Stalking. Now, where do people go if they want to listen to your podcast, tell everybody how they're going to find it. At anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, we're there. Um, I do have a partner and co-host. His name is Jake Deptula. And together we, we make up Strictly Stalking. And yeah, you can find it anywhere. We're on Instagram at Strictly Stalking Pod. Uh, my Instagram is Feathergirl77. And other than that, if you even just Google Strictly Stalking, you'd be able to find us. Very well. Now, if a mom is there with her grade school age son or daughter, would you recommend that she listen when the children are not there? Or would you say if you have children that young in the car with you and you're traveling from point A to point B, <laughs> listen to the podcast when the kids are asleep when you get home? Yeah, I would, I would say it's probably not for kids. We don't want them 
having nightmares or anything. Although I think it is good for parents to listen to, you know, to kind of be on the lookout for what some kids do deal with. There are, you know, a lot of high school kids and, and things that deal with stalking and they don't know where to turn. So I think it's a great thing for parents to listen to. Now, is the reason you chose that genre of true crime because it was resonating the top numbers uh, in the industry of podcasting, A, or B, have you always enjoyed true crime your whole life? Oh, I love true crime. I've always been a really big fan my whole life, and uh, that's definitely why I got into the true crime podcast, because I had listened to so many of them, and you know, and no one was doing a, a stalking true crime podcast, so I saw my niche and I jumped in. The rest is uh, history. Are the people yep. digging it, so to speak? Oh, yeah. We, we're doing really well. And, you know, luckily it's been really successful. Very well. Now, how about forgetting about the stalking issue in and of itself? What about horror films? That's true crime. Do you ever watch them or is that not your cup of tea? I do. I love horror films. I, I actually, I cast a lot of horror films. Um, whenever a horror film comes up, I'm I always try and, and take it when I can, and horror is great. Oh, so <laughs> now the person you're casting is not going to be in costume. They're not going to be in makeup. It's like trying to find a Frankenstein without the Frankenstein makeup on him and the spikes through his <laughs> neck. I mean, are you able, as a casting director, to actually envision what that person would look like as a monster or whatever it is? Well, sure. I mean, and it's it's always, you know, first and foremost about the acting abilities. You know, we can change the looks of anybody. So, so yeah, we can we can always work with, with within their looks, but it's more about their acting abilities. Once again, you don't have on a horror film knowing the individual is going to be made up and not look anything like they do in real life. You don't find that more uh, difficult than to do television where they're just going to look the way they are normally. They'll have a suit on or a different outfit to wear, but they'll basically look the same. Like, for example, if Betty White were to come back and play another role for you, uh, bless her heart, she's going to look the same. Right. Well, I, it's actually easier because then we can you know, base it solely on their acting abilities and don't have to worry at all about what they look like because they'll be in, you know, likely hours of, of hair and makeup, changing themselves into a monster or whatever. Right. Oh, okay. Well, what about the immortal, what they joke about all the time? The casting couch. Something <laughs> tells me I'm going to take, I'm going to stick my neck out on the block right now before the, 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 uh, guillotine strikes me and I'm going to make a bold statement and say that in your career as the casting director, you've had nothing to do about any casting couch. Please tell me nope, I'm right. I, I think the casting couch is a myth. <laughs> Never had that experience. So that's a male sure thing. That's got to be a man's thing. I don't think, I don't think women are going to go for that. Uh, at least I no. hope they don't. I hope they I don't. I don't think so. Yes. I think it's something made up. <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay. All righty. International Women's Day today, ladies and gentlemen, is March 8th. The year is 2021. It just so happens to be a global holiday where International Women's Day is celebrated. And we sure do have a fine woman on as our guest here. This is Jamie Beebe. She's from Los Angeles. Actually, she's from Iowa, but she's in Los Angeles now, having worked her way up as the casting director, which she loves. She has her own podcast, Strictly Stalking, and any films or shows in the works right now that you're allowed to discuss, or do they got the gag order on you and you got to keep quiet? <laughs> Um, well, I've got some coming out. I know we mentioned Paradise City is coming out um, on March 25th on Amazon Prime. And then I have another film uh, or a film coming out on Shudder called Stay Out of the Attic. It's a horror film, like we mentioned, and that one should be good. It's coming out on March 11th. Oh, very well. Another horror film and you cast it. Mm-hmm. All righty. What's this that you did in 2018? It's called The River Runs Red. Yes, that was a film. It was Tay Diggs, John Cusack. A great little film, action-packed. Lots of fun to work on. Not true crime. Nope. 
Okay. Not true crime. There was crime in it, but not true crime. It was kind of crime and action. And then in 2017, you cast a film called G-Funk. Now, we've had members of uh, James Brown's band on this show, his 32-year singer, Miss Martha High. A wonderful, wonderful show. If you've not heard that, I highly recommend it. It's one of our classic shows. I love uh, that woman's spirit and her great talent. But G-Funk, what did you do there and what type of film was it? And that's a 2017 uh, film. Yeah, there's a documentary film produced by actually Warren G. So he brought me on to help him out and, and the producers to find everybody to, to put in this documentary. You know, with people like Ice Cube, Ice-T, um, Russell Simmons, uh, Corrupt, Chuck D, Too Short, DOC, Snoop Dogg. There's tons and tons of people in it. It was a lot of work and it was a lot of fun. Oh, Too Short. The short dog is in the house. yes and snoop doggy dog oh my he's got his hand in a whole lot of things doesn't he such a nice guy super humble and just one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet right was he talking that that language that he talks or was he speaking english to you the jizzle the fizzle the izzle (laughs) that type of stuff uh, I don't, I didn't really, I uh, wasn't really paying attention, so I'm not sure. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. But uh, he, he was, uh, he was a good man to work with, right? Super nice. He was really, really nice. Absolutely. There we go. Snoop Dogg, ladies and gentlemen, short dog in the house, Shaq O'Neal in the house, Betty White, bless her heart at age 99 has lived a wonderful life and who worked with her on the commercial it's our special guest, Jamie Beebe, who is speaking to us today right now from L.A. And, of course, one of the best rock bands on the touring circuit right now, lead singer Josh Todd. Their name is Buck Cherry. And <laughs> who worked with them? There you go. Jamie, I'll tell you what. You, you are working with some pretty good people. How does that working those hours, how is that going to affect a relationship? I mean, that would have a strain on a marriage or any type of relationship if you're working those 12, 16-hour days. Well, you know, when I was in production, I it was definitely more 12 and 16-hour days. Um, in casting, it's the hours are a little less, but a little more spread out throughout the day. I'm not in a relationship currently, luckily. <laughs> I had one a while back, but it was horrible. Um, so luckily that ended. And now I'm just kind of, you know, working and hanging out with friends and that's about it. So I guess whoever I date next will have to just understand that I work a lot of hours. Boy, that's true. Will it be a show business kid or will it be somebody totally out of the business? Well, I don't know because I haven't met him yet. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. You're not going to put a prerequisite requirement on that, are you? No. Kind of depends on who who I meet and how it goes. Now, when they show up to be cast, I could imagine not necessarily the women as much, but I'll bet you these men, they're talking their trash to you at these auditions trying to get in there, aren't they? You know, like, uh, uh, did you watch Leave it to Beaver as a kid? You remember um, Eddie Haskell? He's a good afternoon, Mrs. Cleaver. That's a lovely dress you're wearing. Any of that crap that they're giving you when they come in there, they're going to schmooze the casting director or, or does not usually no, by the time people see me they're they're usually pretty professional and, and know what they're doing and they're just there for work. Oh, well now, now that surprises me. That surprises me. Are you doing union people or non-union? Or yeah, both. I mean, I mostly work. I, I do both, but um, you know, more so lately, I've just been doing uh, more SAG features and and SAG films. Right. Okay. And also, I wanted to discuss with you something that I know you're pretty passionate about and that you support. And sister, I'm standing right next to you. Uh, we're both single. Okay. I want to <laughs> talk to you about Black Lives Matter. Does that sound like something that you would support with me or no? Yes, of course. Yeah, I, uh, I do believe that. I, I really am sorry to, to see that we've gotten to the point. 
I had Judge Maybelline on that hosted her her divorce court show for those years. And Mm -hmm. we discussed that in general for our Christmas party last year. And it's it seems as though I, I made a comment to her that I thought when Barack was elected president, not only once, but then we reelected him twice, which means for eight years in the United States, he was our president. And I thought, well, there goes the racism. Now we're going to move forward. And boy, was I ever wrong, you know? Yeah, it seems like things went downhill after he uh, after he did his terms. But you know, hopefully we can, um, you know, get back on on where we should be. And, you know, I think that, you know, racism has always been prevalent. Um, it was just more open when Trump was president, unfortunately. Right. I think what uh, to paraphrase what the judge told me, it's going to be solved just little step by little step by little step. The election of Barack was a a good step and it was a step in the right direction. And but we need to obviously do more and more and more until we erase it with an eraser right off of the page. And that is exactly what I I don't think you and I, ma'am, are going to see it in our lifetime. But one day, I think we'll be able to erase it eventually. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, we can hope, like, definitely hope for the best and hope that it does happen sooner than later. And if you're trying to be a star in Hollywood or trying to work on films for a living, you would say stay single. True. <laughs> there you go. Boy, we have a lot general. of divorce out there. A <laughs> lot of divorce out there. Exactly. And sometimes I wonder, and you would know this more than I, but when the male actor works with the female actor and then all of a sudden they're in a relationship, I'm wondering if half of those is just not for the publicity for the film. Um, You know, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I think some probably are more real than others. But, you know, when you're working with somebody day in and day out like that and you get to know them, it's maybe it's inevitable for for feelings to develop. I don't want to put you on the spot and make you name a name. That's (laughs) I'm not going to do it. But are there any out there that we would know that you've had on the set, which just turned out to be horrendous people, uh, people that had no kindness to them, not one kind bone in their body. Um, yeah, I mean, there are definitely people like that, um, you know, working in Hollywood, but the more they act like that, the less they work. So, you know, no one wants to work with someone that's not kind and professional and appropriate. So they get kicked out of the, of the mix pretty quickly. And, and you've seen that happen where they, their, their career dwindles down because of their, their onset behavior. Sure. Yeah, of course. Men or women or both? Oh, both. I'll tell you what, that's, it's a career that it's, I take it you wanted to be in show business and now you're in it and no regrets. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, no regrets at all. You know, like I said, as long as I wake up happy every day, then I know I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing. And that's what's most important. So that's where I'm at. Every day is happy. Yes. All right. Jamie, BB, have I left anything out that I should have asked you that I did not? (laughs) I think we covered everything. That is good. So you don't mind working with this ad libber from Cincinnati. Can you handle it? (laughs) It was great. It was a great time. Thank you so much for having me on. Jamie, BB, I want to thank you because... We did not know that today when we booked was going to be International Women's Day, (laughs) and here we're celebrating it. And I just want to thank you because you are the quintessential example of someone who basically carved out a niche for themselves. It is not the easiest job in the world to become the casting director. And a lot of those casting directors, you're going to have to agree with me, Jamie, they are condescending. They're not the type of individual you want to hang with. And you're very pleasant. You're, you're upbeat. You're positive. Do people tell you that or am I making all this up? 
That's what I hear. I hear I, I'm the nicest one out there. So. <laughs> oh, I, I would that's agree. A good title. I absolutely would agree with that. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure to welcome our special guest on this 2021 International Women's Day. And her name is Jamie Beebe. That's B-E-E-B-E. And Jamie is a Hollywood, California, Los Angeles casting director. She believes every day is happy. She's upbeat, just like I like people to be. She has cast feature films. She has cast commercials. She has cast music videos, short films, at new media, and more, I'm sure, including college projects for the doctoral students. You name it, she'll cast it. Just make sure that the check clears. That's all I'm going to ask you. She <laughs> deserves to make a living because she's not one of the condescending and bad casting agents. I think you're just a wonderful person. I support what you do. I'm just glad you took the time out. And I'd like you to tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your Strictly Stalking podcast, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, my Instagram is feathergirl77. And my podcast, you can listen to anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And the podcast Instagram is Strictly Stalking Pod. At this time, everyone, we're going to say goodnight on this International Women's Day, March 8th. Congratulations to the women that have come so far and have done what my guest today did. She started small. She worked little by little by little gig to gig to gig, production to production. She became the podcast host of her own podcast. She became the casting director and she's able to make a living. It's difficult to do it, but she's done it in Los Angeles. I got to hand it to her. Jamie Beebe, thank you so very much. At this time, what we're going to do is just have you say, good night, Jamie. Good night, Jamie. Oh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to say goodbye on International Women's Day. Jamie Beebe, our special guest, the casting director. Check out her podcast, Strictly Stalking. We'll have it right in our written description. Thank you again to everybody. This is Rick Flynn. It's been fun, but I've got to run. Thank you, Jamie. We love you. We're glad. We hope you keep doing well as the casting director. And thank you at home, everyone. We've had a great time. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.